Hey Trademark, thanks for joining us online for the very last online Trademark Sermon. I, I don't know about you, but I am so excited to be back together next week. If you haven't heard yet, August 19th, Trademark is back. We are in the main sanctuary in person, gathered together under one roof, having services together. Again, I cannot wait. 7 p.m. as always, we'll have some stuff to, to hang out. If you want to come early, we're like 6.30, we'll have some games and stuff out in the parking lot. We're going to try to hang out and have a good time and make our, uh, our first week of Trademark, a good one. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in person. Uh, if you come, know that we're going to do everything that we can to, to try to be safe. We're going to encourage you to social distance. We're going to be, our, our leaders are going to be wearing masks and we're going to do what we can to, to do what is safe. But at the same time, we feel that it is so important that we gather together in person, that it is not the same to be on a screen. It, it is very important that we are together in person as one body. And we're going to talk more about that when we're together as one. I hope to see you there on August 19th. For today, it's, it's our last week of playlist. It's the last installment of our summer series going through uh, just music that is current in our culture and looking at how we can find Christ in the music. So grab your Bibles, grab a pen and paper, get ready to take some notes, and we're going to dive into Romans chapter 8 today. We'll play the bumper and give you time to get yourself prepared. verse 12, and we're going to read all the way through verse 25 and, and look at this incredible text of Romans 8. Uh, Romans is an incredible letter, and I'm looking forward to, to the day when we will get to just dive in and parse it out verse by verse, line by line. I hope to do that with you at some point in time, but for now, we're just going to look at this chunk of text in chapter 8, verse 12 through 25. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to read that. We can read it together. Uh, Romans 8, verse 12, Paul says, So then, brothers... We are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. 
For the creation waits with eager longing for the revelation of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we await eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But we hope for what we do not see. We wait for it with patience. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we begin. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the imperative power that we can kill sin. I pray that you would be with us in this evening as we partake in this last online sermon, that, that you would uh, open our eyes and open our hearts to receive your word. And I pray that you'd prepare us for what it will be to be back in person together next week. Lord, I thank you for your word uh, and bless it tonight as we examine it. In your name we pray. Amen. Be killing sin, or sin will be killing you. John Owen, a famous Puritan preacher, wrote these words in his uh, short book called The Mortification of Sin. It is a great book. It's short but dense. I would encourage you, if you want to dig deeper into this passage in Romans, if you want to really start to, to look and take a deeper look at what it looks like to fight sin in your life, that's a great book that you can pick up. Uh, I, I've been reading through it, some, some bits and pieces. It has been really illuminating and powerful, so I'd encourage you to look at that as well. John Owen said, be killing sin or sin will kill you. And I was tempted to call this message, kill yourself, but I didn't for obvious reasons. Uh, but, but that is the idea that Paul is trying to get us to grasp in this passage. That we are at war, but not with, not with another person. Not just with a, a spiritual entity, but we are at war with our own bodies and our own selves. And if we are going to win our war against sin, we must kill ourselves, not in a literal sense, but in a spiritual sense. There is an impulse inside all of us, and you've felt this yourself. There's an impulse inside of you that is urging you and, and demanding you to just engage in all sorts of behavior that you know is wrong and ungodly and unbiblical, and yet this urge remains. And our task as Christians is to begin to wage war against that impulse to sin, to, to wage war against our, our own bodies, our own fleshly instincts that are crying out in rebellion against the Spirit of Christ within us. And we need to kill ourselves. We need to kill the, the, this fleshly impulse, the, this, the, this body that, that is trying to entice me to sin. And so I want to examine these verses in Romans 8. And I, I want to first examine why it is so important that we kill sin. And then I want to give you a, a strategy for how to go about doing that. And one of the most powerful ways that you can fight the impulse and the urge to sin. So let's look at this text together. Romans 8 verse 12. And it opens up with these two short words. So then, brothers. So then. And what Paul is doing is he's summarizing. This is a summary statement. So then, having said all that I've said before, here's what you have to do. And so if we're going to understand Romans 8, 12 through 25, we need to put this text into its context. The context of this passage is the, the greater book of Romans, specifically Romans chapter 7. 
where Paul has been discussing what it looks like to, to be a new person with life from Christ, saved, filled with the Spirit of God, and yet still living in a sin-tainted world, still living in a body with sinful impulses. And he's kind of battling and, and fighting out this idea of how can we who have died to sin still live in it? How can it be that, that although we have come over to Christ, we still feel this impulse to sin and we still at times struggle and, and, and have sin in our lives? And here is, here's a summary of, of what Paul says. He says that you are not yourself anymore. That, that after salvation, after Jesus has come, after the Spirit has given you life, you are no longer the person that you used to be. That old person is dead and gone. That, that old sinful self is, is dead. That's not who you are anymore. And, and yet you are at war with that old self. Because although that old self has been put to death by Christ, it's like a zombie still clawing at you, still enticing you, still calling out your name and, and, and inviting you into all of its impulses, all of its desires, all the, the, the desires for sin that your old self has. It's still clawing at you and trying to take control of you. And, and there's also a new power at work within you. This power is the power of the Spirit. He's at work in your body and helping you. You're kind of in a little zombie war within yourself. There's this old dead self that is clawing its way at you and trying to, trying to entice you into sin. And you have this new self in Christ, the person that you truly are because of Jesus. And you are fighting against this old self. You're fighting against these old habits. You're fighting against these old behavior patterns and mindsets and beliefs. You're at war, and there's a new power at work within you. One of the ways that, 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 I, that I think can be helpful to think of it is it's like a cancer cell. But, but you are the cancer on your old self. There is something new that's implanted in you by the Spirit of God. And it is slowly waging war against this old body, against this old self, and it's taking control, and it's, uh, it, it, it is mobilizing, it's multiplying, it's growing day by day, taking over, and, and eventually this old self will die. You're, you're, the cancer of the Holy Spirit will take over this body entirely, and it will be put to death. But we're not there yet. We, we are in, and we find ourselves in this, what's called the already and not yet. Christ has already come. Christ has already won the victory. And yet we have not yet seen that victory fully made real in our lives. Be because Christ has come, you will win your war against sin. But you haven't won it yet, and yet you have. It's kind of a confusing spot that we find ourselves in. Christ has won the victory fully, and yet we find ourselves in a place where we need to enforce it day by day. Fighting sin, beating it back. And now Paul is saying, all this is true. And so then, brothers, we are debtors, but not to the flesh, but to the Spirit. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Paul is summarizing all of his previous work with this statement. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body... You will live. See, see, Paul's right. We are debtors. We owe ourselves to someone. Before Christ came, you were a debtor to sin. You were a slave to sin. You were stuck in its habits. You, you, you were stuck in every time that sin asked you to do something, you couldn't help but indulge. 
Every time you had a sinful impulse, all, all that you wanted to do was just sin, 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 and sin some more. That was your life. That was your mindset. That, that was your whole sense of being. And, and I'm sure some of you can remember that time in your life when you were at this spot where all you wanted to do was just live like everyone else, to, to live outside of God's word, to live according to whatever you wanted to do in the moment. It, Whatever your desire was, whatever your heart wanted you to do, whatever your head told you was a good idea, you'd just run full force into it. You'd follow your heart. You'd follow your desires. And it would end you up in all sorts of trouble. You were enslaved to sin. But Paul says Jesus has come and so you're no longer enslaved to sin. You're no longer indebted to your old self. That, that's not you anymore. But, but you do owe yourself to someone. Jesus has come. He has paid a ransom for your life. He's paid the price for your life. And so now you are a debtor to him and to his spirit. He's ransomed you out of sin. And so, although those habits are still there, all those, those desires still call, you are no longer under their control. You're no longer under their influence, but you owe your life to someone else. You are a debtor, but not to the flesh. Not to the flesh, but the spirit. Not to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Paul says it this way, if you live, you will die, and if you die, you will live. And I cannot tell you how long I spent beating my head against this text and trying to make sense of it. I, I, I found it a, a little bit challenging, and, and here's the way that I've come to understand it, and, and hopefully this will make sense for you as well. I, I think it's helpful to go back to a cancer metaphor, but now let's, let's flip the terms. You are the body and sin is the cancer. If you fight it on your own, you're going to fail. If you try to fight sin in the flesh, if you try to fight sin under your own power, if you try to fight this cancer just on your own, you're going to fail and it's going to win. It's going to kill you. If you try to live in the flesh, you will die. If you try to fight this sin, if you try to just, just do what you've been doing, you won't, you won't make it. You won't succeed. You're going to fail. The cancer is going to take over. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. When, when you fight a cancer, you need something from outside of your body to give you the strength to kill that thing. Because that thing is, is your body that you're fighting. And, and so you, you get injected with chemicals. We do chemotherapy. And, and that chemotherapy helps you fight off the cancer and helps you beat it and win it. And, and so the Spirit is this Christian chemotherapy. It, it is the outside external substance that gets injected into your body, injected into your bloodstream, and now you have the power to fight sin. And it's not your power, it's the power from somewhere else. And so you need to live in this power in order to fight sin. You have to live in the power of the Spirit. You have to fight it from the power of the Spirit. You, you can't simply just beat your head against the wall of sin and keep trying and keep failing. If you try under your own power to win, you won't. You need the power of God on your side. You need the power of Scripture. You need the power of prayer. You need to ask and beg and plead with the Spirit to fight with you and fight for you because that's the only way that you can win the war against sin is through Jesus. This is your plight. And you're going to spend the rest of your life in this fight against the flesh. And every time you do, you're being invited by the Spirit of God and, and through His Word to, to fight alongside the Spirit, to live in the Spirit, to live outside of the flesh. 
to fight sin with a different power because your power is not strong enough. And you must fight it because if you don't, you will die. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. This is a promise of Scripture as strong as any other. If you try to fight sin on your own, you will fail. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you can't put to death the deeds of the body outside of the Spirit. Paul isn't simply saying, try harder, do better. He's not simply saying, put to death the deeds of the body, but he's saying, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the body. You can't fight on your own. You need the Spirit with you. And if you have the Spirit on your side, this is the promise, you will live. If you will die to your fleshly impulses, if you will give up in your body, then you will live by the power of the Spirit. Paul is saying that we need to deny our urge to sin. We need to deny our impulse to, to, to live in sin, to, to obey our urges, to obey our habits, to obey the, the, the lust of the eyes, the, the lust of the, the flesh and the pride of life. We need to fully give ourselves over to the Spirit of God. But we also have a promise of victory. So, so that's our problem. That's our problem. We have this, these fleshly impulses. We have this body of flesh. We have this thing inside of us that just wants us to do evil. But, and we have to fight it. But we have a promise that we will win this fight. Because look at verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. You have a promise of victory. You are not a slave, Paul says. You are not a slave to sin, to fall back into fear. But you are a son of God. And Paul says the Spirit himself bears witness to this fact. That means that the Spirit is inside of you. And every time that you fail, every time you make a mistake, every time you mess up, you're tempted to beat yourself up about it. You're tempted to just live in those mistakes and live in those failures. But there's the Spirit of God inside of you calling over you and saying, no, you are not this sinful person. This is not your destiny. This is not who you're meant to be. And I, I, I'm going to empower you and I'm going to fill you and I'm going to enable you to win this fight because you are a child of God. You are an heir with Christ. It may not look like a lot has changed as you fight sin. It may not look like you're winning. Sin might beat you up. You might lose some battles. But in the end, you will win the war because the Spirit is bearing witness and he's saying that you are God's. God speaks to you and says, you are mine. And so I'm going to fight with you. I'm going to come alongside you. So don't get discouraged in the war against sin. Don't get discouraged as, as you fight temptation. But, but take heart. Remember who you are. That you are a son. You are a daughter. You are a child of God. Adopted by him. Chosen by him. And so you will win this war in the end. Although you may lose some battles, you will win. So keep fighting. Don't give up. The war isn't lost. The war isn't lost until you decide that it is. The war isn't lost until you give it up. So don't give it up. Keep going. 
Keep working. The Spirit is working with you. The Spirit is working in you. The Spirit is working through you. Continue in this fight. So we have the plight, we have the encouragement, and, and now here's the strategy. Here, here's how we win the battle against sin. You focus on your future. Focus on your future. Paul says in verse 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected in futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Paul says, I know it is difficult. There's some sufferings at this present time that you go through. And, and there are some sufferings that we go to as we fight temptation. As we fight against sin, we suffer in our bodies. Every time that you deny that impulse, there, there's just this feeling that says, man, this feels so awful. This is so contrary to who I am. And it is. It, it, it is. There, there's a new person inside of you. And so it feels like it, it is so wrong to say no to sin. It, it, it feels so difficult to say no to temptation in the moment. And, and there's this groaning that goes on inside of you. But that suffering is not worth comparing to the glory that's to come. If you want to fight sin, if you want to make it through that suffering, you have to keep your eyes on the glory that is to come. You, you, you have to keep your eyes on, on the future hope. You have to focus on your future. There, there is a future hope coming. There's a future day when all sin will be put to death. When you will fully receive this new creation. You will fully become who you're meant to be. The already will be fully realized and the not yet will no longer be. We look forward to the future and that's how we fight sin in the moment. We keep our eyes focused on the day when sin will no longer control us. When we will be with Christ in glory forever. And it is that joy and it is that hope that, that, that keeps us steadfast, that keeps our hearts steeled and our vision fixed on Christ. It's that hope of the future that we keep before us in the moment. If you get caught up looking at every single mistake, you'll never escape just the bondage of self-pity. And you're going to be stuck just looking at yourself. Stop looking at yourself and look to Christ. This is Paul's hope for you to fight sin. Stop looking at yourself and look to Christ. Quit focusing on your situation. Quit focusing on your failures. Quit focusing on your struggle and focus on Jesus. And that is the way to victory. To take your eyes up off of your present situation. To take your eyes up off of your present failures and look to Christ. Focus on Christ. Focus on his word. Focus on his spirit. Speak with him and communicate with him through prayer. Keep your focus on Christ holy and that is where you fight. And it's that future with Christ that will enable you to fight today. You win by looking to the Spirit and not to yourself. When temptation rages, you deny it by looking to the future. You will never regret saying no to sin. It might be difficult in the moment. It, it, it will be tough. I can promise you it will be tough. But you will never look back on a moment where you said no to temptation. Man, man I wish I'd sinned in that moment. That, that will never happen. Every time you say no, you, you will hate it in the moment, but you will look back later and say, I'm so glad 
that I did that. You will never regret it. And you will always regret saying yes. It will feel so good in the moment. It will feel so right in the moment. It will feel like, man, my, the stars have aligned and I am experiencing the fullness of joy. But you will look back on that sin five minutes later and you will regret it. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly that feeling. Every time you sin, you will be filled with regret. And it's that regret, actually, that you're going to focus on. And it's that regret that is, that is going to keep you motivated. And, and so in the moment when sin is pressing, when temptation is raging, I'm going to look to the future and I'm going to say, if I say no now, I will feel nothing but joy later. And if I, feel yes, if I say yes now, I will feel good now, but later I will feel nothing but regret. And I'm going to focus on that future regret and that's going to help me fight my present sin. That future regret and that future joy for saying no is what steals your spirit in the dark night of the soul. You focus on that. You look to that. You hold on to that. You focus on your future. You may be wondering how in the world I'm going to work a song into this. But Billie Eilish released a, a new single, My Future. And in it, I, I think the words that she uses are so poignant and they, they exactly summarize the mindset of a Christian fighting sin. I'll, I'll, I'll read you some words from Billie Eilish's song, My Future. She says, I'd like to be your answer because you're so handsome, but I know better than to drive you home because you'd invite me in and I'd be yours again. But I'm in love with my future and you don't know her. I'm in love, but not with anybody here. I'll see you in a couple years. In this case, Billy is uh, considering a guy who wants to have sex with her, that, that she also wants to have sex with in the moment. She, she'd like to, to be this answer. She sees that he's handsome. She, she wants to do this in the moment, but, but she's looked to the future and she says, I know better than to drive you home because you'd invite me in and I'd be yours again. She's looking and saying, man, this feels so good right now, and, and, and I want to say yes, but I know where this will end up. See, a lot of times when we're fighting temptation, it's the little things that lead to the bigger things. And if we can learn to say no to the little things, then, then we won't have to say no to the bigger things. Billy knows that if I can say no right here to this car ride, if I can say no right here to this ride home, then I won't have to say no to sex later. Because I know that later on, it's going to be really hard for me to say no, because I really like you. You're really handsome. You look really good. And, and I know how hard it's going to be then. And so I'm not going to make myself get in that situation. I'm going to say no now. And this is the mindset of a believer fighting sin. That I look for and say, man, that temptation is going to be so strong. And so I'm going to say no to the things that lead up to it. I'm going to say no to even opening my phone at night. Because I know where that's going to lead. When it's two in the morning and I'm awake and can't sleep, I'm going to keep the phone off because I know that once I pull that out, I know where my mind's going to start going. I know what that's going to start leading me to. So I'm going to say no because I'm not going to be able to say no then. Focus on the future. I look at how hard that temptation is going to be to regret, to, to, to resist. And I know I'm going to regret it, and so I'm going to say no now to the little things. 
I'm going to say no now in, in, these, in these small moments, in these things that I can say no to. I can make this decision now. And so I'm going to make the decision that I can make, and, and I'm going to say no because I know that later on I won't be able to not say yes. Then she says, I'm in love with my future, and you don't know her. I'm in love, but not with anybody here. I'll see you in a couple years. Her, her mindset is, I know that if I do this, I know what future that's going to bring me, and that's not the future that I want. That's not a future I'm interested in. I, I, I'm looking for a very different future. I'm looking for a future that doesn't include you as a part of my life. I, I, I'm in love with a different sort of future, and that is the mindset that, that keeps us fighting sin. That, that we know the future if we give in to sin. We know how messed up it'll make us. We know how broken we'll feel. We, we know how, how much we will regret it. We know that future. And we also know the future of saying no. We, we, we know the future of refusing sin. We, we know the future of refusing temptation. And so we need to be as Christians so in love with that future that's promised. That, that we can't say yes to this future over here. We need to be so in love with the future that Christ promises us. We need to be so in love with the life that Christ has for us that it enables us and empowers us to say no to temptations to sin. You need to love your promised future more than your present pleasures. You need to love your promised future more than your present pleasures. We look forward to our future with future hope. We look forward with future hope. We'll, we'll end here with this last few verses in the passage. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who are the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But we hope for what we do not see. We wait for it with patience. We'll close with, with this text and with this thought. That we know how difficult it is now. There, there is a groaning inside of us that all of creation is groaning under the weight and under the power of sin. Sin is cosmic in its scope. It's messing everything up, including our lives, including our decisions. And, and we feel that groaning. But we groan as we wait this future moment, the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in that hope, we were saved. We were saved with a future hope in mind. We were saved in the hope of the day that, that these sinful impulses would die. Our bodies would be fully redeemed. We wouldn't face this fight anymore. And that is the hope that you have. That is a hope that you can set your eyes on. That is a hope that can sustain you through every moment of temptation. You can keep your eyes fixed on a future day when you won't have to fight this fight anymore. There is a day coming and it feels like it'll never happen. It feels like when you're fighting sin, it feels like I'm going to fight this thing for, for the rest of my life. This is never going to go away and, and I can't possibly say no for the rest of my life. You don't have to say no for the rest of your life. You just have to say no today and trust God for the grace to say no tomorrow. That's going to sustain you. 
But we look forward to a day when we won't have to say no anymore. There is a day coming when temptation will cease. There is a day coming when sin will cease. This body of sin will be dead and gone. Sin will be killed within us. And it's that hope that we wait with eager expectation. We don't see it now, but no one hopes for something that they see. We hope for what we don't see. We look forward to this, even though, even though it's invisible, even though it feels impossible, even though it looks like it'll never happen, we eagerly await with hope because we know it's true, because God promised it. So we have our, we have our problem that we are this kind of duality, warring sin. There's a part of us that loves sin. There's a part of us that loves Jesus. And they're just going back and forth at it day and night, night and day. But we have a promise. We have a hope. We have a guarantee that we will win this war. The Spirit himself bears witness that we're going to make it through. May not feel like it, Christian, but you're going to make it. Spirit bears witness. We have a strategy. Keep your eyes fixed on the future. Focus on future hope. And that's how we win our war. That's how we fight sin. We focus on the future. We remember what God has already done. We remember what he will do. We fight because Christ has already won. And we win because Christ is fighting for us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we end our time together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the encouragement that it gives us. Thank you for the truth that it gives us, that, that you don't cut corners and you don't pull punches. You're honest about our state. You're honest about how hard life is. That You, you don't paint a rosy picture of the future. You, you, you don't paint some, some fake picture where, where we have lives without any problems or any difficulties. But God, you are honest in your word about our state. You're honest about our struggles. Pray we'd be equally honest with ourselves that we'd be honest with ourselves about our failures, we'd be honest with ourselves about our war against sin. But Lord, I thank you that there's hope for us, that, that we are not stuck in sinful patterns, we are not stuck in sinful behaviors, we, we are not stuck in temptation, that, that you have promised that we will make it through this fight, that we will win in the end. Lord, I pray you'd fill us with your spirit, fill us with your strength, fill us with your grace, Empower us to continue this fight. Empower us to continue in this work that you are working in us. Lord, I pray that we fix our eyes on the future, that we would look to you and we'd look to your finished work on the cross as proof that we will make it. Fill us with your spirit. Strengthen us in our fight. It's your beautiful name and your glorious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Jesus, you are better than anything in this world. Love you, Trademark. Can't wait to see you next week, August 19th, in person. Be blessed.